0: You're listening to audio from Redeemer Anglican Church in the urban heart of Richmond, Virginia. We are a parish committed to gospel formation for missional presence through seven essential practices telling the biblical story, embracing a new identity in Jesus, finding belonging in the church community, cultivating virtue through redemptive habits, understanding our context in this current cultural moment laboring in renewed vocations for the common good, and reordering our imaginations through beauty in the arts. To learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org.
1: You may be seated for the reading of God's word. We begin with Psalm 78, verses 15 through 26. You can find this on page 489 of your Pew Bible. And please, as always, know that you can take One of these Bibles home if you do not have one of your own. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and cause waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they still sinned more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven, and he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he led out. The South Wind. The Word of the Lord.
2: All rise. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Christ. Christ. Reading from John chapter 13, verses 1 through 15. And taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your feet you have no share with me. Rather, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, do not, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
3: Good evening, folks. Good to be with you all. My name is T. I serve as the college minister at U of R. I'm grateful to be here with you tonight on this Monday, Thursday. And Before we begin, I'm going to say a prayer for us. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Uh, So earlier this week, uh, I was asked last minute to fill one of the spots on the stations of Boulevard. Some of you guys may have seen it or walked by or have served by standing there and greeting folks who, who walk by. And I was planning to just, you know, sit, do some reading. It was last minute, so I had some reading to do. Uh, but literally right as I sat down, there was a man who walked up and asked a question about one of the pieces. And we proceeded to read the scripture that went along with it because he was unfamiliar with the story. Uh, And I began to know, sense his skepticism. So I asked, well, what, what do you believe? What do you believe? And almost before I could finish asking the question, he responded, I am an atheist, and I believe in science. And for the next 45 minutes or so, we discussed his doubts in God, in the Bible, and the tremendous difficulty he had with the concept of faith. And after listening to his questions and a bit of his story, my immediate response, I admit, was to scoff and think, gosh, how lost this guy is, how wrong he is. You know, but as I paused after he left... I realized, gosh, like, how incredibly difficult faith is, right? In this man's words, he said, I have to take someone at their word? No thanks. Do you struggle to take someone at their word? Last weekend, uh, Tori, my wife, uh, had her her parents visiting us, and my mother-in-law insisted over the weekend that we had mice, and I doubted her because I didn't see the evidence. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But lo and behold, uh, she was right. We found mouse poop all over our pantry. It was awful. I was wrong. But in these moments with your spouse, your friends, your coworkers, do you struggle to take their word? Do you hesitate to have faith in what others have to say? Throughout the story of Scripture, God is calling humanity to trust His word. But time and time again, they struggle to do so. They struggle to have faith. And throughout the Gospel of John, preceding our text this evening, even the disciples struggled to take Jesus at his word. Which brings us to our passage tonight. Will we have faith in the words of John? Will we have faith in Jesus? And you're thinking, isn't that the question of every sermon or the focus of every teaching that we hear? Sure, but tonight... I want us to turn our specific attention to this because John's claims about Jesus in these first four verses particularly can and will change the way we enter the next three days and hopefully change the way that we live our lives on Monday because he's claiming this radical thing. He's claiming that Jesus is God. And if this is true, then these next three days that we spend in our lives in this city are not about participating in some mere sentimentality but it's about re-experiencing life-altering events. So, is Jesus God? We're going to take a look at what John has to say. In the first verse, he says that Jesus knew that his hour had come. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus is communicating an understanding of where his life is going, right? How it will end, how he's going to die. But you might say, doesn't that just make Jesus lucky? like he kind of knows what's going to happen he just guesses or maybe he's just a prophet with some special knowledge of the future maybe but continuing John says his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father if you're familiar just in the study of any religion it's true that god transcends right our earthly space and time and John claims that jesus is going to depart the world but you might say well that just means he's going to die right and go somewhere for the afterlife. He's just a normal person like that. It could be, but John says, Jesus loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. John claims that Jesus has a special sort of ownership, if you will, over these disciples and perhaps more of humanity. And John says he distinguishes Jesus as other not a part of this world. And so maybe Jesus isn't quite human. He is at least over and above these disciples. But gosh, you might say, maybe it's just John's poetic language coming out, right? Trying to prove a point about Jesus' love for these men who have become brothers. I think that's another good point. But if we continue, he says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Okay, So this is a little bit tricky now. We're getting into some tricky territory. Remember, the Jews acknowledge the Father, who John mentions as Lord, Yahweh, all-powerful. So is John now saying that Jesus had been given all of the Lord's power, all of God's power? Well, yes, it it does seem like that's what he's saying, right? But you may say, the Father is just going to take his power right back. Like it's just kind of a quick exchange or something. Perhaps, but the last thing he says is this. Jesus had come from God, Jesus had come from God, and was going back to God. Now, if that last statement was tricky, this is even trickier, because Jesus was now certainly not any ordinary human, as John was describing him, and on the evidence that he was not of this world, which he said before, maybe John is saying far more about Jesus than we can bear to comprehend in our minds. At this point you see, Jesus or John has begun to claim that Jesus' knowledge, transcendence, unrelenting love for his people, omnipotence and imminence are true of him. He's claimed all five of those things. So, friends. John is claiming that Jesus is divine. He's claiming that Jesus is God, which makes who He was throughout the Gospels, and what he does in the rest of this moment all the more staggering because he's not like any other God. You see, Jesus bore the flesh of humanity. He came to earth to live as a minority and humbled himself at every turn. And on this night, as John describes, he rose from supper to become like a servant to those whom he loved, to the very bitter end. Friends, this is the scandal of God's self-revealing love. This is the scandal of God's self-revealing love. He comes to you in the person of Jesus and loves you despite your doubts and questions. Like Peter asking, Lord, do you wash my feet? As Jesus humbles himself before him, kneels down with his towel and basin and begins washing his feet. Saying to Peter and to our anxious souls, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand And some of you here tonight still don't understand. Like the man I met this week, you still carry doubts about taking Jesus, let alone anyone, at their word. And others of you here tonight might say, yes, you know, actually I do understand. But you find yourself in the midst of this Holy Week, distracted, exhausted, and wondering if you'll experience anything different this time. Which one are you? Who are you? Whoever you are, maybe after your feet have been washed, you taste the body and blood of Jesus, and you gaze upon the cross on Good Friday, and witness baptisms on Easter Sunday, and celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Maybe then you'll be able to do what often seems impossible to do take Jesus at his word, have faith that he is God and has loved you to the very end. Lord, I thank you that you are with us and that you've loved us to the very end.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening. To connect with our team or to learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org. We look forward to knowing you. Go in peace.